This is On the Block with Brent Axe. That is true, voice man. Welcome back. Or hey, if you're just hopping on board here, happy Friday. You're out of work. You're doing the thing. The weekend's here. Let's get it. We're going to hear from uh, the head coach, your Syracuse football orange, Dino Babers, a little later on this hour. Thanks, Brent. As I had a one-on-one conversation with the head coach on the spring game, on quarterbacks, on why winning is like scrambled eggs, of all things. Only Dino can make those comparisons, right? So you'll hear that coming up if uh, you're heading up to the spring game tonight. We'll be there. Say hello if you see us. Uh, The star attraction, of course, will be young Tommy DeVito, but some other things to look out for tonight at the Dome. We will get to that, but another team that occupies the Carrier Dome from time to time is the Syracuse University men's basketball team. Still plenty of things to discuss there, including a big recruit visiting today, the status of Tyus Battle, and also our next guest on the Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks Hotline, is going to discuss a recent trip to Seattle he took. The number of articles we've seen this week on Syracuse.com about Mike Hopkins, the author of those posts, is our good friend Mike Waters from Syracuse.com, who joins us here. Michael, happy Friday. How are you, sir? Happy Friday the 13th, Brent. How are you? Yes. Uh, I've heard a rumor that Jason Takes Manhattan is your favorite Friday the 13th movie. Wouldn't know. Haven't seen a one of them. I don't like horror movies. <laughs> you haven't seen any of them? Come on, oh, dude. Oh, sir. You're, you're... I don't like nightmares, Brent. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're pulling a Seth Goldberg right now. You haven't seen any of the Friday the 13th movies? Oh, Waters. From beginning to end, no. Oh, boy. You know who no. Jason is, though, right? Like the hockey yes, mask? Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, Jason right. Voorhees. There you go. That's my man right Yes. Well, I, I, I've, I have done Halloween. You know, so I can do Michael Myers. I've, I've seen Halloween 1, Halloween 2. I think I probably didn't bother with it. You know what? I, I've seen The Exorcist. So you have seen some horror movies. I've seen some. Did you see Get Out? That's technically a no, horror movie. No, and, and I heard that's not exactly your run-of-the-mill horror no. movie. I heard that's very, very good. It's, and, it is very good. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I, I want to. Okay. I'll get to it now that basketball season's over. I, I've known you for years, but I learned something new every time I talk to you. Never seen any of the Friday the 13th movies. All right. Very interesting. <laughs> it is Friday the 13th, and uh, the Orange are hoping, uh, fans are certainly hoping, they don't have bad luck in this department. What I wanted to start with, Mike, is uh, Bryce Golden. A lot of attention has been put on him, of course, with Darius Baisley moving on and Matthew Moyer moving on and he put Syracuse on his list after decommitting from Pittsburgh. He's visiting today. How high on the list do you think he is both ways in that department? I think Syracuse is very high on him. Uh, they've moved very fast here, uh, going from when uh, Bryce uh, asked for his release from Pittsburgh and, and then received it and then started putting together a list on his own. Uh, Syracuse has been interested almost right from the get-go. Uh, they've moved very quickly to get him up on campus this weekend. Uh, he just came out with his list of six schools earlier this week. I want to say Monday or Tuesday. So uh, for Syracuse to get him up here this quick is pretty impressive. And not just him. I, 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 I believe his parents are, are in town as well. So, you know, they're, they're giving Syracuse a really good hard look this weekend. And when you look at him, you know, he's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, kid, uh, good athleticism. I mean, he's not off the charts athleticism, but, you know, that's okay. Shoots it really well. A nice-looking jump shot 
that he extends out to the three-point line. Um, I, I put up a film with a story I did on him yesterday, and I found a film on YouTube. And just time and again, he's hitting pick-and-pop three-pointers. And the thing that impressed me about him is he played at a prep school, not a prep school, but a private school in Hagerstown, Maryland, St. James School. They play a national schedule. I was watching film of him going up against Oak Hill Academy, St. Benedict's Prep out of Newark, New Jersey, and uh, Finley Prep out of Las Vegas, Nevada. (laughs) So he's playing the best teams in the country. That's a murderer's row right there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, am I lazy when I watch that film and I'm like, okay, that's Tyler Lydon? I mean, that's the name that popped up. That's the the, the model that I had there. And I said, if I got to compare him to somebody, kind of, sort of, Tyler Lydon ish, not as athletic as you said, but that that's yeah, that's the name that popped. probably not as explosively athletic as Lydon is. Um, maybe yeah, I mean, like the quick twitch, you know, repeat jumping. Um, however, he's kind of like a, in terms of athleticism. He can. He, he's kind of like a power jumper. He, you know, he kind of like a CJ Fair. Uh, but I think you know shoots the ball better than CJ, and he's an inch or two taller. Um, I didn't see him handle the ball much in, in the video. And of course, CJ is a small forward could do that. Bryce to me looked a little bit more like a, a power forward type who will serve as a stretch for. Tyler Lydon isn't way off base. It's not perfect, and I could almost hear that in your voice that you were kind of like. Eh, not quite there, but you know, I'm struggling as to who to make him fit like. Um, an, an old timer like myself suggested to me the other day, how about Bobby Laser? Oh, and that's I was a like, name I remember. Well, okay. maybe, you know, kind of like Bobby, maybe uh, again, an inch or two taller than Bobby. Uh, and you think about it, Bobby Laser and his three point shooting ability would have been a lot more valuable of a commodity in t- the way the game's being played today. Uh, than it was back then. I mean, you, you look at Syracuse's best three-point shooters in the mid-90s, and they weren't taking anywhere near the number of three-point shots that guys take today. So, you know, that that was pretty close, too. I kind of liked that one. Waters, I know you're holding out on us. You know what Tyus Battle's going to do, so just spill the beans, all right? Let's get to it. You can't make me tell you. Yes, you, yes I can. You will I tell don't. us what Tyus Battle is doing. I, well, I've known for a few days, but I've been busy. And haven't had a chance to put up the story yet. These are not the droids uh, you're looking for, Mike. You will tell us what Tyus Battle is doing. I will tell you what Tyus Battle is doing. You will tell us right now what Tyus Battle is doing. Yeah, I will let you get away with the Jedi mind trick uh, for a couple more takes until everybody <laughs> in the audience is like, these nerds need to go away. Yes, yes, we're already pushing that limit as we speak. Look, nobody knows. Uh, the, the deadline no. you still got till the 22nd. Uh, he's yeah. taking his time. He's taking it close to the vest, uh, and that's fine. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, if you had to guess at this point, what's your best guess? I my I probably give a little bit higher percentage that he's going to go, but my percentage of he could come back is higher than it was. At the end of the season, if that makes sense. I agree. I'm with you. Um, just the fact that he is taking his time here and really thinking about it is kind of giving me pause. I mean, probably like the day after they lost to Duke, I think I would have told you probably 75% he's gone. 
I think I've dropped that a little bit. It's still the way I would lean if you if you made me guess. Like say, no, Mike, we have to have your decision right now. What's he going to do? Um, you're, you you got to make a decision. I probably would lean that way, but uh, the percentage of the like, no, you know what? I think he might come back. You know, the fact that O'Shea's come back. Um, you throw the fact out there that he could graduate in another year. You know, it's not like he needs to, and he's only, he's just he's finishing his sophomore year right now, but he could graduate in three years, like Raheem Christmas did, like Jalen Brunson just did at Villanova, you know, with one more year in college, you know, what's that worth to go ahead and get that degree? I don't know if he needs to test the waters. I think we all pretty much can agree he's somewhere between 25 and 40, maybe even between 25 and 35. Um, you know, is he comfortable there? You know, you can say, well, you know, he may not be in the first round, but you know what? The top five, 10 picks in the second round, a lot of them get guaranteed money too. Maybe not three full years like the first round guys have to get. But, um, you know, if he's comfortable with it, he'll just go. And if he's thinking to himself, you know what? Next year's a weaker draft. Uh, one more year in college. I may not score as much on next year's team, but my shooting percentages could go up. I could show some scouts that I'm a better three-point shooter than my percentage indicated this past season. Um, and I might be able to go up into the teens um, in a draft, and that's that's worth it. Uh, that's worth it. I, I don't know. We don't know what he's thinking, so it's all speculation. You know, and that's the thing. Mike Waters is our guest here from Syracuse.com. You brought up what I think is the more intriguing thing in this, and that is next year's draft is not very good, and you never know what players you know come out of the shadows that you know can take your spot there. But right now, he's late first, early second. I think if you know, there's a lot of ifs here, but if he comes back and does some of the things that you mentioned, improves his game, and just kind of polishes off some edges, if you will, then I think you're talking more 15 to 25, and you've got to feel much better about that than where you sit right now. I think if he jumps now, I mean, he's at the edge of the first round as we speak, and there's a lot of loopy things that can happen. As you well know, Mike, you go to workouts and players move up and down the board, and you know, if, if you don't want to be a second-round pick, then the my uh, you know, cut-to-the-chase advice would be you probably should come back, young man. And on the other hand, some guys are, like, okay with that. They're like, you know what, yeah, I might be a second-round pick, but as long as, like, everyone's telling me I'm, I'm going to be in the first ten picks of the second round – I mean, look at Jeremy Grant. Being a second-round pick worked out just fine for him. Um, so, you know, guys guys go ahead and do that, um, and it can work out. Guys can leave early, and they go out in the first round, and, you know, they'll be in the league three, four years, and then it ends at that point, too. So it's all a matter of when you do go, what team do you go to, how do you fit with that organization, and then how hard do you work, can you get better, and can you get to that second contract? And if you get to that second contract, you become a Jeremy Grant, you become a Wes Johnson, uh, somebody like that, and you become a very rich man. Mike, you went to Seattle recently and uh, spent some uh, time with Mike Hopkins and his family as they were coming down the stretch of, of their season. And, boy, we got our money's worth out of that because you're just cranking out the articles on that this week. But it, they were very good, very detailed. I think they revealed some things that maybe we didn't quite know. And I think the one uh, that you actually had two today, one of which was we learned something about Mike's father that, you know, wasn't known publicly really till today. And it just goes to show you that maybe we need to, it's a good lesson that you can't 
really jump to conclusions when you question the motivation of why somebody does something. Uh, because Mike, one of the reasons he took this job was very personal, and that is that his father has early set dementia, and he wanted to play where his father could see him. And, you know, that's about as personal as it gets there. For those that didn't get a chance to read the article, tell us about uh, your conversations with Mike about that and, and how he became comfortable enough to reveal that. A couple times in recent years, Mike had kind of mentioned to me about his dad, uh, early onset uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, um, you know, but, uh, you know, dad was still okay. And, but he needed, he never wanted to talk about it on the record. And I respected that it's his dad. It's, it's private and it's, it's a health thing. And, but, uh, he, he, he brought it up more than once over the past few years. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking like maybe last three, four years. And then, um, when I was out there with him and we were having a, a nice long sit down and he started talking about his dad and talking about, how being out on the West Coast, his dad had been able to come to some games, come up from Southern California and see games on a Thursday and Saturday. And then when Washington went down to the L.A. area and played at UCLA and USC, his dad had been able to come to a game. And it meant a lot to Mike to have his dad see him coach as the head coach. And they'd also kind of reconnected because his mom and dad had both grown up in the Seattle area. And Mike had mentioned that a year ago uh, you know, when he took the job. But he was able to show me a video of where they took his dad to his old childhood home. And and here's his dad out there on the sidewalk pointing to the house and talking about where his sister's room was and where his room was and, and where his sister uh, somewhere in a hill had gotten on into an accident. And all these old stories were coming out. And, and I asked Mike, I said, you've talked to me about this before. Can, we, can I write about it now? And he, he gave me the go-ahead. And so, uh, yeah, Mike was great, very gracious with his time and the access and everything. I was out there for three full days. I got to see two games, and and it was great. And the the second game I was there, I sat with Mike's wife, Trish, on the opposite side of the court from the bench. And so it was really neat kind of watching a game through the head coach's wife's perspective. Um, So that's really great. But, uh, yeah. You know, you know, you know Mike uh, very well as 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 do I, and and he's a really energetic, outgoing, friendly guy. Uh, but it was really neat to even have that kind of personality, uh, kind of let you uh, into the inner sanctum and, and see like a real personal side of him. And it was great. So thank you. I'm glad you liked the stories. I really um, did, and I know uh, our readers did, and I know you got a lot of feedback on it, and, and it's well deserved. And you just said it. I think we kind of know Mike here. Give us a sense, and I think we even saw this, Mike, when he, you know, some of the stories that came out and the fans embraced him, and even from afar, the people that covered him were tweeting about it. And you can get a sense, like, man, they're really liking this guy, especially because Washington won this year off a nine and twenty-two season. But being there, can you give us a sense of how that fan base has embraced him and his family, and and, and what he has done for that program, even in a short period of time? Well, you mentioned the winning, and obviously winning helps. Um, you know, the, the the home game, they beat Kansas on the road early in the season. And at the next home game, some, some of the students in the student section, which is known as the dog pack, they all showed up with the bare chest and had Hopkins written across their chest. And that was, like, great. But it wasn't just because they had beaten Kansas. It's because even before the season started, Mike had gone out to fraternities and other groups and, and talked with the students and said, we need you there. We want you at these games. And, and they talked with the dog pack. And uh, they, you know, they do stuff with these kids. Like, they have the first two rows of students 
So an incentive to get in line early for the general admission tickets. The first two rows, uh, when the players get introduced, they get they, they form like this this tunnel that the players run out and they run through the students. And it, it's really great. You know, it's college-y. Uh, but, you know, he turns to them during the games and cheers them on and uh, acknowledges them and uh, has really kind of brought everybody into into his culture there. Uh, he's come up with his catchphrases, tougher together. And he's got that plastered all over that damn arena. Uh, <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, if it doesn't move, it's got the word tougher together nice. slapped on it. Uh, the scoreboards, the, 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 the ribbon lighting, uh, the, you know, T-shirts for the kids and uh, you know, a lot of that comes out, and, and you know, the, one of the funny stories that you know that I found out about when I was out there was after a really tough home loss uh, on a Thursday night, and I think it was to Utah. Um, they had a Saturday game against uh, Colorado, so they had a really tough turnaround. So they were going to have one day, one practice in between, and they had lost at home. The players all show up; they know they're going to this going to be they're going to be bad. Coach is mad. Rough practice. And and Hop, knowing his team maybe did really actually didn't need practice that day, but they needed something to get themselves perked up and uh, you know kind of get their chemistry going again. Concocted this idea that he was going to take the whole team to go see Black Panther at a local movie theater. There you go. And, you know, and he just you know the guys all show up. They're there in practice. They're at the gym, and he says, "Go get your sweats on. We're going somewhere." And they all you know go get their sweats, and they have to get on the bus, and they go see Black Panther. And a bunch of the guys were telling me like. He read us. He knew what we needed, you know, and, and, and that's, that's a large part of who Mike is. You know, he, he, he reads people, he connects with them. He seems to know what you need. So, well, and, and good on Mike, great. good on Mike for taking him to that instead of the last Jedi. I'll just say that. Uh, or Friday the 13th. Or Friday the 13th. Exactly. Uh, you have a shot by the way, uh, to see, I'm sure they'll be on tonight. So just, you know, if you're looking for something to watch tonight, I'm sure you can find uh uh, a Jason Voorhees flick or two, just saying, if you want to break that streak of not having seen any. I'll, I'll flip around. We'll there you see. Go. There you, go. you know, no promises. But if I get scared, can I call you? Yes, you can. I'll be up all night watching it myself. So I'll, I'll be there for you. <laughs> Michael, thanks for the time. Great work on that series. And uh, we'll definitely catch up soon, my friend. All right, Brian. You have a great weekend now. That's Mike Waters. He's the best. Syracuse.com.